Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. How many people are social media people? Like Facebook, Insta, whatever we instant in now, all that kind of stuff. Right, I noticed that. (laughs) How many people kind of are regular news watchers? Yeah. I think it's the same story in either place. I was um, I was thinking about this message, of course, this week, and uh, I went on Facebook and I clicked on an article uh, that was um, caught me by surprise. I, I think it was the senator. He might have been from Iowa. I don't remember his name. But the article was there because he had he had made this statement that America is heading towards another civil war. And I I just thought that was such an inflammatory statement. I wanted to see what he was saying. And so I clicked on this article. And um, what I did that I don't normally do is I as I started reading the comments below. And I was reading the comments, which were frightening. And then I decided to click on one of the people who made one of the comments and went to their page. And that was even more frightening. Um, and, And it reminded me that it's so easy for us to get caught up in the distraction, the The surface. That I could be mad at this person, this senator. I could be bad about this person that posted this kind of hateful comment. I could be mad at Democrats or Republicans or rich people or whoever I want to be mad at. And completely miss the fact that God said be very mindful that we don't forget that our battle is not against flesh and blood. But against powers and principalities. So in the middle of all of this chaos, there is something very deep and spiritual that is the real battle that we're in. And, and what, was, what was crazy to me is as I was kind of following this kind of rabbit trail I was on, and I was kind of clicking on people's pages, is that a lot of the folks that were saying some of the most vile, hateful things in both directions were Christians. So as I'm scrolling through their praise, uh, their page, they got a, a prayer and a little, uh, you know, praise Jesus. And then the very next post, they cussing somebody smooth out and talking about, I'm going to hurt somebody or kill somebody. They better not come at me. And I think we're missing something somewhere along the way. And, and so I, I, I was thinking we, we, we have gotten so filled up with anger and animosity and frustration and, dare I say, hatred, that, that it seems like the world is just spiraling out of control. And I thought, where 
are God's people in the midst of this mess. I know we're here. I know we're there. I know know that we are part of it, but I, I, I wanted to encourage us. And what this whole series is really about is how do we enter in to this chaotic, violent, divisive world and be agents of the kingdom in the midst of it? That's the question. Because we're going to feel that we're going to see something and be angry and be frustrated and feel like we are being attacked or persecuted. We're going to have those emotions come up. But I'm asking, what do kingdom people do on the other side of anger and frustration? How do we take these moments and allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine into darkness through our words and our actions? And dare I even say our Facebook posts? How do we do that? And so this series is really getting at how we do that across these various issues. Again, we're going to talk about sex and gender identity and the racial tension. That's had. We're going to get to those topics. But to me, the, the, the fundamental thing before we get to the, to the hard topics is how are we going to behave as people of God? How, how do we get trained? How do we get our armor on? How, how do we get our minds right? How do we take on the mind of Christ that what comes out is an overflow of what God is speaking into our hearts and our minds? And so I, I called this particular sermon to begin the series full of it. And I realize that that phrase is not normally used in Christian circles on Sunday morning. But we are filled with something. And so it's important to be honest about that and and examine what that is. And and more importantly, point it back to Jesus because Jesus was full of something. It says very clearly that he came from the father and he came down to earth and he was full of grace and truth. What are we full of? And how do we change what we can be emotionally and, 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 and situationally reacting to and be filled with the same thing that Jesus was? I, I, would, I would say that it is possible for us to respond in these moments and be filled with grace and truth just like our Lord and Savior. It's possible. We should be striving for that. We should be desiring that. And so what I wanted us to do was to learn how to do that together, to practice To have some experience where we could do that as the family of God, because if we can't do it inside the the safety of this family, we certainly can't do it out there where the enemy is busy. We got to practice. So we got to we got to learn and and encourage and and learn how to how how to speak grace and truth, even when we don't agree with the people that we're talking to. And so that's what I want to get to. I want to I want to kind of frame it out today. So this is what we're going to do for the next several weeks. In the month of July, we're going to deal with this issue about human sexuality. But I thought before we dump right into that, we should practice a little bit. Thought we might need an on ramp. So we're going to take it a little slower. And, and I wanted to I wanted to build the case for why this is important in the first place. And I would argue that if, if you think about it, there are really kind of two opposite approaches to these issues. And, and some of us come at it from the grace side and some of us come at it from the truth side. 
And even when those are both biblical, those are both absolutely right. Even from those two different directions, we can end up at conflicts with people who are seeking God, desiring to serve God. And we can be at odds with each other because we just look at it from a different direction. And, and so I, I wanted us to, to get some practice trying to learn how to do this. And, and, and my first step that I wanted us to, to, to make sure that we are starting from the right place is that we have to be grounding this conversation in the word of God. Because if we're just going to sit around and talk about our opinions, we might as well go home. And so I pulled this comment that comes from our denomination. We are part of what's called the Evangelical Covenant Church. And so there is uh, these affirmations that they give us that, that, that align with what we believe about the centrality of the word. Here's what it says. It says the Holy Scripture, the Old and New Testament is the word of God. And it is the only perfect rule for faith doctrine and conduct fancy way of saying that the bible has authority in my life that as i'm going into situations and circumstances when i'm trying to wrestle through the challenging issues of the day that i go back to the word of god and allow that to be my center my frame of reference and the ultimate tool by which i determine how i'm going to go forward now that's what we essentially say but honestly we don't do it a lot We're making a lot of decisions from a lot of other sources and never actually looking at what the word of God says and allowing it to, by the way, shape my responses. That that I conform myself based on the word of God, which gives me some direction and how I'm supposed to respond. And it happens from both ways. It doesn't matter which side you're on, the grace side or the truth side. We, we have these barriers that stop us from living into this balance. See, what Jesus did is he was amazing that he could go into any situation and perfectly knew, is this a time where I lean towards grace or is this a time where I lean towards truth? He did it perfectly every single time. And we, in our own fallen nature, our own experiences, our own, our own uh, hot buttons, we, we navigate through this and often we can lean one way or another and have resentment against those who are coming from the other direction. So I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to frame this again by having us look at barriers to both sides. Because the grace people look at the truth people like, y'all are mean and rude and hateful. And the truth people look at the grace people like, you wishy-washy got no rules or standards. Do what the, book, do what the Bible says. And we're arguing with each other and disagreeing with each other in ways that undermine the witness of the kingdom. Because the number one rule that we have to stick to, you're going to hear me say this a hundred times, is that no matter how much we disagree, when we are in a, with a brother or sister in Christ, we are known by our love for one another. And so no matter how much I disagree, no matter how much I want you to see the wisdom of my direction, if I'm doing it in a way that doesn't show you love, I am disrespecting my God and dishonoring the kingdom. And so we're trying to learn how, to, how do we do this well. And so I wanted to give you the barriers. I, I want to first talk to my, to my grace people on this side. Um, and, and actually, no, I'm going to start with the truth people. Here, here, here is how we have to live into being a person who is understanding that truth is important to hold on to in every situation. And we got barriers. Here, here's the first barrier. The first barrier is that we can be unwilling to submit to the word of God. I we don't like that word, just submit. You, some of you wince when I said the word submit. You don't even like the word. <laughs> to think that there is a source 
above my own wisdom and desire and intellect that would actually direct what I do. It's a fundamental principle of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And and, and our American Christianity can can have us push that to the side a little bit. What I'm saying is that uh, one of my one of my uh, friends, Pastor Robert Johnson, said this when he was first uh, mentoring me in ministry at the beginning. He said, I don't even know how to be a good husband, father, son, uncle or anything else if I don't have a connection with Jesus Christ. I don't even know how to do it. I got no frame of reference. I, I, I got no way to navigate through these hard situations unless I am hearing the word of God and submitting to it. And so that's the first part. We, we can't live into the truth if we're not willing to submit our desires and our thoughts to the word of God. The second one is unaware. It's hard to submit to something that you don't know what it is. And so we got to be aware of the word of God. We got to we got to study it. We got to have something that we put in that the Holy Spirit may bring it back up, but he can't bring up what we never put in. And so we got to we got to study the word and know the word and 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 and, and allow the word to to marinate. You know, I was I was listening to uh, some comedian or something um, and he was talking about people who can remember all these different things. And, and it was something, I can't remember what the joke was, but he was saying, you know, we can remember words to all these songs, but in, in this context, we can't remember two scriptures. And it was, I, I just can't remember scripture. It was, uh, is after maps and before Genesis, it was in there somewhere, but I just had such a hard time. Let me put on an old, uh, let me put on an old Luther song. Y'all be singing. <laughs> right? Mess around some, uh, some Isley brothers. We heard that song in 30 years. Every word comes right back. Some of y'all flash it back right now. Come on back. Come back. Why is that? There's something that we have to be determined to say, I want enough of the word of God to marinate in my spirit that the spirit can bring it back. And here's the third one is that we not only have to know the truth, we not only have to be submitted to the truth, but I got to be able to communicate the truth well. It doesn't matter how much I know if I'm unable to communicate it in a way that isn't pleasing. One of my favorite verses says, let your speech always be seasoned with salt. That means you're supposed to be talking in ways that are flavorful, that are attracting, that are drawing people in, that that have them desiring to get more of what you're trying to give to them. So if I'm trying to talk to somebody and trying to help them understand the truth, but I'm mean, I'm angry, I'm undermining, I'm dismissing them. If I give them no respect, then I haven't been salty in my speech. And there's no way that that truth that I have such great possession of can ever get communicated. Those are barriers for people living under the truth side. But there's also barriers for living under the grace side. What is that? The first one of living under uh, barriers to living without grace is just a lack of empathy. We can just be cold and not understand the pain and the road that people have gone to. I've said this a couple of times and I just keep thinking about it as I think about this series. I am convinced that people make rational decisions from their experience and their location and their mental state. 
And I'm pretty sure that if, if I was in that person's same situation, I had all their background, I had all their experience, I had all the same kind of issues and struggles that they had mentally, spiritually, emotionally, that what they're doing probably would make perfect sense to me, but I'm outside of their situation, so I can't understand it. And often I get angry and judge it when I don't really know their journey. And so it stops me from being empathetic that, that I, I can't understand them and I, I'm trying to fix them. I'm trying to show them. Don't you see? No, they don't see it. They're broken and hurting just like the rest of us. And so I have to remind myself that no matter how much I have a hold of truth, grace demands that I empathize with the person with whom I'm trying to speak. The second one is relationship. Kind of an extension of that, that we tend to be much more graceful when it's somebody that we care about that's having the issue. I mean, I've seen it. You've even seen pastors, right, who, who can have a whole array of issues. They, they, they are lock solid. This is what the word says, and I'm preaching it, and I'm declaring it. And then they find out that their wife, cousin, child, niece has a lifestyle that they don't agree with. And all of a sudden, whole Bible done flipped away over here all of a sudden. Because they had a relationship that changed how they viewed the situation. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that we should be wishy-washy like that. But I'm saying relationship draws us into a place where we can see the situation differently. And so I try to be very cautious about dispensing truth to someone I don't have a relationship with. I haven't yet earned the right to, to, to dictate or to tell you or to, or to give you direction. I got to build that relational capital that you may be willing to hear my input for your good, not just because it's true, but because I care about you. Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, Thessalonians said that we loved you so much that we shared not only the gospel, but our lives as well. That's a relational connection that then leads to reaction and behavior that looks more like what we think the truth is. Jesus never made anybody act right before they knew him. He hung around people who didn't act right because he didn't want to sacrifice the relationship because he was so worried about them getting into the kingdom. What he wanted them to know was that he loved them more than they could ever imagine. We got to put the relationship first. So that's the second one. The third one is this perspective. We lose grace when we lose perspective. What do I mean? Pick your favorite sin. And you can tell it's your favorite because it's the one that you don't do, but other people do. That's how you know it's your favorite one. Was we can spot those. And I think about that person's sin and how horrible it is and how nasty it is and how displeased God with it is. And so I can see it and I judge it and I have trouble giving it grace because it's just so repugnant. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Whatever that sin is, look up it in the Bible. It is probably in a list. Go two words to the left or to the right, and you will find a sin that you probably have <laughs> listed right next to the one that you don't like. So my point is, whenever I'm speaking to someone about this sin that they got to change, I re- I'm mindful that I'm in the same list. I'm never more than two words away from the very accusation that I'm accusing them of. And so whatever I'm speaking on them or for God, smite them, God, get them, God, I'm saying the same thing to me because I'm on the same list. And so I got to be mindful that there's a perspective that from God's vantage point, we are all filthy rags on our best days. 
that everyone falls short of the glory of God, that every sin, everything that comes short of the glory of God is redeemed by the same loving, merciful, forgiving, gracious, overwhelmingly patient God who is saving me saves every person that I think is caught up in sin. And so I keep a perspective that I have no one upsmanship on any of my brothers and sisters that are fallen and seeking God. We are there together, sinners saved by grace. So if we don't keep those in mind, then we will we will have barriers to grace or we will have barriers to truth. And so what I want us to do is I want us to 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 break up. uh, Into groups. And so here's what I'm thinking. We're going to practice this because inevitably we got a whole bunch of people in here. Love Jesus, whole bunch of people trying to follow God and all of us think different. We will approach the same issue issue. We'll look at the same circumstances and come up with completely different opinions. But love binds us together under the headship of Christ. And so I want us to practice it. I realize this is a little different. It's a little weird, but I want us to try to get some practice in loving people enough to speak to them when we disagree with grace and truth. So here's what we're going to do. Um, if you live north of the church, I want you to go that way and grab a seat, sit in a circle, and we're going to do that. If you live south of the church, go that way, have a seat, sit in a circle, and then I'm going to tell you what we're going to do next. So here's what I want to do. I want to give us some ground rules. If I can have your attention. There's, there are, there are three ground rules. Um, number one is confidentiality. Uh, Allow the people that are sharing uh, to share in the circle and and respect their privacy and their willingness to be vulnerable in this moment. So what happens in your circle stays in your circle. Uh, Number two, and this is the main one, make sure that we are respecting our brothers and sisters at all times. If we can keep respecting each other, loving each other, that'll probably take care of almost all the other rules. There is one third one I want to highlight. Don't talk too much. I realize we have some extroverts, some external processors, those that have the word from the Lord on high. This is not a Sunday school class, nor a preaching moment. We want to take the posture of listening. The idea is that we can hear the stories of our brothers and sisters, and we will learn how to reason on the word together. Does that make sense? So, um, if you, if everybody starts like crossing their legs and uncrossing their legs while you're talking, that's a red flag <laughs> that you should pass the microphone. Okay. Here's what I want to do. We're going to warm up. First thing I want to do is I want to kill the elephant in the room. I realize this is a little uncomfortable and a little unusual. So let me ask you to share this with your group. And again, brief, it's kind of your first thoughts. What's uncomfortable about this moment? As we're getting into conversations about sex and gender and race, and now instead of just being able to kind of hide out in the chairs, 
my, inver- my internal processors. I want you to be a little out of your comfort zone and, and speak and share. What's uncomfortable? What are you maybe even fearful of in this moment? What's causing you anxiety about even being in this moment right now? Um, or on the flip side, if it doesn't bother you, what are you hopeful? What, 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 could be, what could be a blessing out of having this conversation with your brothers and sisters in Christ in the church? What, what, what could be a benefit to us taking some time to reason together through the word of God? So I'm going to give you, everybody take about 30 seconds. You're sharing your circle. What are you anxious about? What are you excited about? Just share this warm up. Go. Let me ask this. How many circles are in agreement about what you should do? Y'all agree? Everybody agrees? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't say majority rules. We, we can't. <laughs> Y'all agree? Wow. So that table's going to heaven. The rest of us are fallen sinners, I guess. They, they got it all together. Or else they stacked the deck and they all... Uh... So here's my point. Even in the safety of our sanctuary, I heard some pretty visceral disagreement. Even among the circles, much less trying to get this whole body to agree on how we should respond. How many people feel like you know what we should do? It's pretty clear. If you're brave enough to say it, raise your hand. How many people feel like we need more information before we can decide? I'm going to unpack this a little bit more next week. It's a cliffhanger. I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened. Come back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, and you'll find out. But, but let me say this. Let me tell you this. The leadership met. The leadership made a decision. And that young man was so hurt by what they said. Not by what they did. He was so hurt by what they said that he left the church and the ripple effects of that still have consequences. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not talking about whether or not the decision was right. I'm talking about how they handled the, sick or the circumstance. So, so what I'm trying to get us to realize is that it's not really do we have the truth. It's can we handle the truth. Can we handle it well? Can we still show the love of God as we are telling people? Jesus did that amazing. One of my favorite stories, the woman by the well. Jesus talked about that woman like a dog if you really read it careful. He told her all about her whole life. Everything she ever did. She said, you told me everything I ever did. But she walked away from that conversation feeling loved and cared for and welcome in the kingdom of God. How do we handle the truth in a way that draws people closer to God, not pushes them away? And so, again, I just I just want us to 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 see in this moment, this is about as friendly as the environment's going to get. And that was a softball question. That's the easiest one we're going to do this whole month. So if we can't do it well in here, how can we do it out in a hurt and broken world? 
So I'm praying for the spirit of God to give us wisdom, to give us an understanding of how to walk and talk and be full of it, just like Jesus was. Allowing the grace and the truth that he gives us access to, to permeate our thoughts, our minds, our words, and our actions so that we become a witness and a gateway to the kingdom, not a wall and a barrier to salvation. Amen. 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 Um, I know this is a little different. Uh, again, what I'm going to, what I want to do just to give you an idea is I'm going to give you guys, um, as we unfold this, I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to give you some things to think about, and I'm going to let you guys have some questions to chew on. And we're going to reason together. Here's the point. And this is my, my encouragement as we do this to come into this place with the posture of listening, not talking. I can guarantee you, and this is for my truth people in particular, somebody in the circle that you just gave the truth to is hurting because of this issue. Somebody is hurting because in their family, their friendships, their relationships, uh, their best friends, and we go generationally, they got a whole different way of looking at the world, and we can hurt people trying to tell them the truth. And grace people on the same way, we can be so concerned about making it feel like rainbows and bunny rabbits that we never get back to anything that the Bible ever says. And so there is some way that we need, we need each other to sharpen each other to navigate how to represent the kingdom in these difficult times. I want to thank you guys for being a little flexible. Anybody enjoy this? Was this kind of a cool way to kind of do it a little bit? Um, before we go, I, di- I just want you, you know, when you look at the Bible, we, we get the wrong image for church. Jesus never, well, I shouldn't say never, the, the temples in the towns were big, but most of the churches in the New Testament were house churches. Gatherings of eight to ten people who came together, worshiped together, prayed for each other, and loved each other into the kingdom of God. Every one of these circles is a little mini church. Here's what I want you to do before you break out and we're going we're gonna to do some other stuff. But could you just take a moment to hear how you can pray for the people in your circle? Hear their name. Ask them what's going on in their life. And everybody, what you're willing to share, you don't have to give the deep details. You can just say family, finances, relationships, as much as you want to share. And can we just love each other and pray for each other and honor God with our life together?